gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Fundamism Podcast. I'm your host, Paul J. Long, coming to you all the way from the Fundamism Studio, something I was forced to do due to COVID. Sometimes you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. So here we are, two uncomfortable guys. I'm going to introduce our next guest here in a brief moment. Before I do, shout out to our sponsor. Talk about making the best out of a bad situation. Charlie Hustle's been with us from the jump. Uh, when COVID first started, uh, they really looked at an opportunity to help our community and they threw all their energy at mass and uh, they started donating them to individuals in need. And ultimately, guys, they are just a wonderful crew. So if indeed you know nothing of Charlie Hustle, take me at my word and just knowing that they are tremendous individuals and go to charliehustle.com to learn more about their value offering for you. Hey, yo, we got a yo, Anthony Oropesa. What is good, my man? It's good to be here, brother. Good to be here. Thank you for having me. Appreciate hey, it. You know how long I've been wanting to do that AO? That, that, <laughs> you get me hype, brother. <laughs> you, know, you get me hype. Just look at this. I can't stop smiling now, man. This is so wrong. Listen, I, I uh, knew you were going to do that. That's the goal. That's the goal, man. Whatever we could do. To help bestow a smile on somebody who could oh. potentially need one to uh, get through a challenged day. So, Anthony, you are somebody that I've been wanting to interview for a while. Uh, we exchanged messages some time ago. Uh, you sent me a wonderful gift featuring your art. Uh, I admire you a great deal because you have something that I don't necessarily have. And I want to get into that before we do. Same question we start with every guest, my brother. What do you do for fun? Um, well, it's a, com it's a combination of things. Um, I really like, I don't do it all the time. I like trying to make my kiddo laugh. I mean, there's, yes. there was nothing more beautiful than your own child, no matter what age, when they laugh and it's just a natural laugh. And if you're a dad and you got either dad jokes or, you know, other lame stuff, um, you know, they, it, it's hilarious for them to laugh. That's one of the things. And there's playing sports with her, uh, hanging out, just basically hanging out, um, hanging out with buddies, shooting hoop when I can, mostly by myself, it seems like, uh, as of late. Um, listening to music, creating uh, creating the artwork is is fun, and it's a challenge, but it's really cool making, not only making the work, but making the deal. Sure. I really like, you know, that. Um, and then what I miss is having art shows, man. Um, art shows are a ton of work, but man, when people come in and, and they see the work, that's, that's, that's fun when they want to talk about it. It's, it's, it's truly a, a blessing, but, um, and then of course there's my graphics and my, all of that creating, creating all that stuff, yes. man. Just so what a, what a great uh, encapsulation of everything that you just said, creating. Yeah. And, and that's exactly why I wanted to reach out to you, man. And that's why, um, I feel like I've done myself a disservice in not getting to know you better over the course of the last several years because, uh -huh. Uh, you are just a tremendous dude. I've seen you at multiple Noah's Bandage Project events. Yeah. I've seen you at multiple uh, charity events. You're active in the community. You, you're fantastic at creating experiences. And that's what art is. And so when I think about individuals like you or uh, as an artist, a, a painter, a graphic designer, a musician, a comedian, potentially a speaker, sure. individuals that have these ideas, these these, these things in their head, and then they have the ability to get it out to the masses where others can enjoy. So you're an individual that does that, uh, not just for fun, but you've made a business out of it as well. Um, that's not how it first started, though. So talk to us a little bit about your journey in art. Um, well, the journey was stop, go, stop, go. <laughs> Uh, and, and the stops were basically just quits. They, I was yes. just, I was just done. It was, I can relate. The, the artwork was not as, the artwork around other people was like, it was good and they really liked it, but it wasn't what I really liked. And I didn't feel I was, I was hitting the potential. Um, anyway, so, so I went into doing some comic book stuff, um, which had potential too. Um, but it was, it was very, you know, it cost a lot. Um, and then I, you know, I was just working. And then my kiddo was, I think she was like seventh grade or something like that. I knew she was going to go into high school in a couple of years. And um, she decided to pick on, uh, she picked, uh, what was it? Uh, Bishop Miege. 
Okay. And Bishop Miege is one, it's not free, nor is it, <laughs> nor is it cheap. And don't get me wrong, they helped me out um, with some financial aid and they're a really good school. Um, but I was going to have to pay for it on my own. And what I was making plus school loans and bills and everything wasn't going to cut it. So I had to make a decision. I was either going to be a barista or I was going to give this, give this long shot, uh, give it a shot. I was just going to just roll the dice on this. Plus with the Royals, I mean, I was really stoked and hyped up about these Royals back in, you know, 13, 14. And I said, you know what? I'm going to give this one last shot. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, I'll be a barista and uh, it's slowly but surely one piece. I mean, it wasn't just all Royals pieces. It was like a Disney princess piece or can you do this piece? Can you do this? And, and Mother Teresa just, well, yeah. And, and it just sort of kind of built on people started liking the quality. And then I realized how long for me that quality takes. Sure. Um, because I wanted it done fast and I wanted to think I knew it all and then I sat down and I just started studying and started trial and airing everything. And then it started to click. It's going to take you a long time. Shut up and work. That's basically <laughs> what it was. Weekends, nights, coffee, music, get to work. And it started, started to form. And then just like everything, just like what you do, it's not easy. It's work. Right. I mean, it, and so every time I do a piece... I get in my head that, okay, it's not going to be easy, but we're going to figure it out and it's going to be work. So be ready. Now let's go. Gosh, man, you have, you've given me like seven different things that I want to ask you questions about. Uh, and obviously the, the first and foremost, the most important, you've referenced your daughter now twice. Yeah. Uh, what is her name? Alice Grace. Alice, Alice Grace. Grace. So we got yeah. Adeline Grace. So we got oh, that. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on, right on. Great. Now she ain't, she ain't, uh, she ain't in high school and beyond yet. Uh, but I know that stuff goes fast. <laughs> it does. It does. It does. So cherish, cherish those moments. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So uh, one thing that you said that I appreciated earlier is um, just your, your desire to make her laugh. Mm -hmm. And the reason why that really resonates with me, obviously AO is because, you know, I believe that laughter can help you get through just about anything, right? Like any trying time, Yes, when sir. You're smiling and you're laughing, man. You're not thinking about all the crap that's not working. And yes, so, sir. starting that off, uh, you know, at a younger age with our children, I think is super important. But also for us as adults, getting out of our head and just being present and not really judging ourselves or thinking that we're being stupid by just being lighthearted and fun. So, is that something uh, that took you some time to grow comfort in, or have you always been that way where you could just do anything for a laugh? Um, I think that's what kind of stifled me in school. I, I wanted to be the jokester. Um, yeah. I, and it almost got me in a couple fights cause I was maybe a little too sarcastic. <laughs> uh, I have to hone that back because I really don't want to get into any fights. Um, but yeah, I, I've said stuff where people like 10, 15 years ago remembered and they, they think was hilarious still. I, I don't remember any of that stuff, but, um, yeah. And I think that's, that's just part of a defense mechanism for, you know, it's gotten me out of a couple fights. Yes. Um, but it does help. And where I grew up, times were kind of tough. I mean, they were really tough. Um, and then even now, um, which is, it, it's, and it's really weird how you mentioned this topic right now, right off the bat, is that um, uh, the kiddo and uh, her mom, and I haven't been together since we, she was like two. So it's been about 16 years. Wow. But we've, we've kept in contact. We've raised her, co-parented. And uh, then in May, May 1st, she had a, she had a stroke. And, you know, she, her mom has no boyfriend, no husband. It was just her mom, just like me. I'm at my house. She's at her house. And the kiddo would just pop back and forth on our, uh, uh, our agreement. And then um, 10 years ago, she put me down as her power of attorney uh, for medical. And so I had to like, boom, try to help. Now, fast or rewind about two weeks before that, I was just told I was not essential. So I got, you know, put on furlough. Yeah. Um, and then I'm thinking, okay, I can clean up the house. I can create this whole list of art that I have. I'm going to jump into my user experience uh, sort of uh, work that I want to start doing more on my website and then crash. Everything halts. You got to take care of this lady because the kiddo's at that time 17. 
she doesn't have like the tools yet to figure out what needs to go where, what she needs to do. Um, and so we had, I had to make a couple of medical calls on her, you know, do this or she could, you know, this could happen. And so it's really tough. And um, so she was in ICU for a month and every day talking to nurses, talking to doctors, so speaking to her HR. I was talking to um, all of her family, talking to her friends. I mean, there was a ton of work to do that I, uh, it was very stressful. But then every now and then the kiddo and I, well, she also learned how to make pizza, which is a huge plus. Uh, <laughs> but she would, we would sit down and we would watch something funny. And for that 22 minutes or 45 minutes, we would be in a good place. And it was so cool that we were in that good place together because I can know my mother, I got, I was really lucky. My mother's still alive. Of course she's, she's crazy, but she's still alive. <laughs> right. She's still well, alive. She's mom, so if you, right. Well, my mom <laughs> is exceptionally crazy. One day you may meet her, uh, but people love her. But anyway, uh, if I would have lost my mom at 18, being the oldest of four, I wouldn't have known what to do. And my mom didn't marry. I just think when she was, when I was 18, I don't think she was married at the time. So it would have just been me and my, my, my siblings. That would have been tough. That would have been tough. So I've been pretty fortunate and I'm glad that her mother didn't pass away because I can only imagine what that would have felt like. So, um, so got her into rehabs and, and such, and she's, she's on her way up, but, uh, we're still having to deal with a ton of things. Um, you know, we're dealing with her house. Yeah. We're dealing with the dog, her dog. We're dealing with all of this stuff that needs to be maintained. So when she comes home, you know, she has, she has comfort. Sure. Um, so she's still physically living elsewhere in yeah. her recovery? Yes. Yes. Wow. And so there's managing. There's this project managing of like the ADA. She has to get some ADA stuff in her house. Mm-hmm. So we've got a, I hope she's not going to watch this anytime soon, but she's going to, we have to knock down a wall and we have yeah. to put in some ADA stuff. So there's cost and then there's finding people who can donate time and materials, all of this project stuff, which takes a ton of time. And so something gives, so it's the time with the kiddo gives, or sometimes the work gives. And luckily the commissions I'm working on, I planned out four months ahead of time. Mm. So it's, it's just, it's just those things right there, which are tough for the kiddo. But yet I try to make time where, we have a minute. I can throw a joke in, kind of calm it down. Or we sit down and we watch. Of course, I, I work for Johnson County Park and Rec. And what's my favorite? What's my kid's favorite show? Parks and Rec, baby. Park and Rec. Yes, <laughs> yes. So, uh, so yeah. So it it it's it's really cool how it, how it kind of like um, how trying to be a good dad, but also trying to manage is is good and bad. I mean, it's just like everything, good and bad. There's always that good and bad. It's just like now I'm, I'm drinking water and I'm drinking coffee. I mean, it's <laughs> everywhere. It's everywhere. So it's crazy. It's crazy. So, man, you did something today that no guest has ever done before. I, and I told you this before we came on. You sent me uh, some detailed notes. Mm-hmm on you and your background and you prefaced it by saying, just in case I dole up the spot, here's a couple of jumping off points. And I can't help but sit here and listen to you talk and the confidence that at least you're, you're displaying outwardly. I don't know what's going on internally. You don't. <laughs> and your ability to just, uh, to communicate and think, uh, when have you ever been uh, in a dull situation as a class clown, an individual that values humor? Dude, I, I mean, you're just giving me so much here. What's interesting about the, those topics that you gave me, do you see how, um, how easy it is to flow? We've, we've already covered three or four of them yeah. just naturally in conversation. I didn't even present them to you. You created the environment. So, man, you're, you're a good dude, and, uh, and this is going phenomenally. So let's talk a little bit, if you don't mind. The universe is a crazy place. Uh, And I know that you're you're a guy that believes in energy. Mm -hmm. Um, You you know, it it shines in every piece of artwork that you do and your love for your daughter. Thank you. It's a certain extent in in your your continued presence in your ex's life. So Uh, just, just, you know, to whatever extent you're willing to stare, uh, to share, I have a lot of individuals right now personally that are going through relationship issues. Sure. Sure. And those are like, you know, AO, like those are the toughest in the moment. There's like nothing possibly worse than going through these, either going through a divorce or going through a split or the yeah. thought of rejection or a boyfriend pushing away or whatever it may be. Yeah. So 
then you, you, you split up with this individual and, and you realize this too shall pass and you're smarter and you're better and you're more experienced and well-versed emotionally and dealing with yourself after that. All right. All right. Two years, uh, two, two years, your daughter's two when you guys split up. Yeah. Fast forward now, um, yeah. 14 years later. Yeah. Is that right? 14, 16, 16, 16 14, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. I'm not good at math. That's why I speak for a living. Uh, you find yourself in this situation where you're you're having to help support your ex. What was the what was the breakup like? Was it was it amicable? Was it challenging? Was oh, whatever. Thanks. First of all, thanks, Paul, for bringing this up. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, the the goal was for me because I came from like a, a single parent. Yes. You know, my mom raised all four of us. Okay. And um, the goal and, and seeing what, and then reading up about this stuff a lot and, and being a communication major about like how parents and, and the, the, a good dad in the house is just as, as good as a good mom, but together it's a good home kind of deal. Yes. So I knew that from the get go. And, and my deal was, look, I, I don't ever, no matter what it takes, of course, there's some things I want to keep this place to together because I want my kids to always have their mom and dad in the same home. And I want a family. You know, I wanted like four I really wanted a starting five. That's what I wanted, right? <laughs> um, but- Hey, uh, there's still time, brother. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but anyway, so we split up and my, I, I didn't want to split up, um, but we did. And so from that day on, I said, look, I know what a good dad who's present can do for a, a child, but especially for a, a girl. Mm. And then, so I started reading up on this. I started reading up about doctors and the research and the faith, having a faith-based, uh, you know, family, child, whatever it might be, being there. And so we, we battled, I mean, not bad. I mean, it wasn't, there wasn't any domestic violence sure. or anything like that. Um, but we, we discussed things. And so, what happened was at the end, it was like, okay, we have what the court has agreed and we agree on what the court says. But what I did, because her mom knew that I wanted to be a part of this kid's life every day. I said, look, how about this? How about we work something that's not written and I want to see my kiddo every day. So let me drop by for 30 minutes just to hang out and do that. But on the weekends, how about on your weekend, I get an hour and a half on your Saturday, you pick the time, and an hour and a half on your Sunday. You go shop, have lunch with the girls, whatever you want to do. And then on my weekend, I'll do the same. Mm. So for ever since we came up with that, maybe it was since she was like three, we had been doing that the whole time. So that right there said, okay, she, she and myself, we're not bad people. We mm. just have different views. Yeah, for sure. Right? But the common goal, the common thing was the kiddo. We're doing this for the kiddo. Of course, it is for me too, because I want to be with her. Um, and so like church, people thought we were together, the mom and myself together. Because when I go to church, I take her and I say, hey, tell your mom what time we go to church. Her mom would meet us there. And then same thing for me. When her mother would go to church, she'd tell me what time. I'd adjust my schedule. I'd meet her there. She, Alice Grace would, of course, sit in the middle between us. And But... The thing is, is my kiddo has gone basically every week to church with either me or her mom or both. So it's stuff like that where you got you to gotta give a little to get a little on this. I mean, it's a negotiation. For sure. And, and you, you can't be too much of a jerk. It's really tough. Um, and there were things where like, you know, boyfriends would come in and have, want to have a say and you couldn't do that. I mean, you try to fight that. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's, it's difficult, but it's negotiation, but you've got to, you've got to understand where, and it's difficult on both sides to see where the other person's coming from. For sure. But that, yeah, that's, that's one of the major things that I really give her mom credit for. Uh, even, and also throughout time, we would have birthday parties at her place. I, my family would show up and when we had a birthday party at my family's, my, uh, my mom would invite her over and I'd say, come on, if you want. I'll pick you up, whatever you want to do. Mm. Um, so I just wanted to keep it. I want, and the thing is, is we kind of, those kids can see. I mean, like when I was a kid, I saw what my mom did to my dad and I saw what my dad did to my mom, right? Sure. I have an idea that my kiddo sees what I 
not only do, but what I say. Yeah. And so it's tough, but sometimes you got to let that go for a minute and then just kind of think of what the kid's going to say in the long run. And that's where it came for this. I want my kiddo to know that I will do whatever I can to help you and your mom because of the stroke and hopefully we'll get better. It'll be, it'll be okay on the other side, but man, get ready. Cause this is going to be some stressful stuff. And by gosh, she's, she's hung in there pretty well with me. Cause I would have, if I was with me, I would have jumped ship. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, it, it would have just been tough, but she's, she's a good kid. Most, most kids are good kids too. So yeah. I mean, they're, pretty resilient. Lucky. they're far more resilient than we give them credit for. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, I'm the product of a, of a broken home. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, my mom, uh, she, she will tell you, she's had terrible luck with men. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and my dad was remarried as well. And, and I like to think that I turned out okay. Right. Um, as did you, as is mm-hmm. your daughter. And yeah. I think that as we're going through the struggle and, and thank you for going down that path with me, AO, and I sure. know it could be a sensitive subject, but mm-hmm. It was very deliberate on my part in asking you the question because I found most recently that the more and more I talk to people that have found some level of joy or happiness in their life, or at least they have a stronger understanding of what what creates it for them in their life, as I dig deeper, there was always like this definitive moment or these things that they were really challenged in, this perspective, right? That all of a sudden it was like, shit, this sucks and I don't want this anymore. And it's it's a growth moment, right? Right. And so right. here you are, you've, you've, you obviously identified, you collectively, you and your ex have, have collectively identified that this isn't a good fit. It's not a good mess. You did what's right by your family. Yeah. You made yeah. it work. And yeah. here we are. Uh, she really has no ties to you outside of, of uh, being the mother of your child. Correct. And you're supporting her or helping her through one of the most challenging physical times in her life. Dude, that's so freaking admirable and a testament to you as a human being. But also if you're listening as a podcast, uh, as the Fundamism Podcast listener, the fact that that you could be going through something so challenging and years and years later set all that aside for the betterment of your family and just to be a good human being uh, yeah. is something that that is within you. Like, this too shall pass. And so, dude, I admire you a great deal. Uh, I want to jump into the humor just a little bit because uh, you kind of you you, you kind of got me right here, like that A one sauce talking about the uh, the uh, the sarcasm growing up because that's yeah. me, bro. Yeah, we're on the golf course the other day. Yeah, this gentleman, this insurance agent by the name of Kyle Ulig, and we're we're golfing with Scott Wilson, as you okay? Yeah, yeah, Scott's awesome. And, uh, and one of Kyle's uh, employees and friends, uh, just a tremendous gentleman by the name of Goldie. And so I'm controlling the radio the whole time, A.O. I mean, I'm, I'm on like, you know, rock stuff like Pearl Jam and then like some hip hop stuff. And I'm pretty eclectic. And Scott says, hey, you mind if I take over the radio? And I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Take over the radio, man. And he goes, you guys probably won't like what I listen to. And Kyle, this is the second time he's met Scott. Kyle goes, and he's got that really dry, sarcastic, AO style of humor from what I know about you. And he goes, why would you say that? Uh, Where's the positive side of Scott Wilson that I've heard so much about? And so first song is Bob Marley that Scott plays. And I go, Scott, you're right, dude. We cannot stand Bob Marley, right? (laughs) Like, what, what a tremendous start. So he skips the song because we were joking. And he goes to Jason Mraz. And so he's like, do you guys like Jason Mraz? Jason Mraz is great. And uh, so Kyle's listening to this song and he's looking at me and he's kind of chuckling. And and and, and uh, he goes, what does he sing? And, uh, and Scott goes, oh, he's got, he's got all these great songs. And he starts naming these songs. And, and Kyle's like, never heard of it. And he's like, he, he has some great songs, right? And uh, Scott goes, oh, yeah. And I see, I see Kyle from the corner of my eye. He's just doing this. He's just laughing to himself. And he, he finally gets out the courage and the words to say, why don't you play one of them? <laughs> and the fact that it, he had, dude, it took him 15 seconds of buildup to work up the courage to say the joke. And he's cracking himself up. I love that stuff. So yeah. when I when you think about your humor, what, what resonates most with you? Like what really get your goat or makes you laugh? Um, uh, well, I think it's one of the things that makes me laugh is um, stuff about me, 
Okay. Um, you know, like the goofy stuff about me. And then also when my kiddo points it out and I'm like, uh, she's right. You know I mean? It's, it's stuff like that. Um, and then it's just goofy things friends say, Yes, you know, it, it's, it's just, and then when I don't like it when they get on me, but when they get on each other, yeah. when they cut each other down <laughs> and then just like, I just love to see their reaction and how they come back. Yes. Um, that's, that's, that's what I like. But now growing up friends and family, there was sarcasm, a bunch of jokes. And then you, I'm talking about my uncles, when you add alcohol yes. to the party, then, yeah, yeah, then somebody's standing up, leaping over a table, punching somebody, and the next thing you know, your mom's grabbing you away from it, and it's just nuts. But uh, uh, there, you learn a lot yeah. when you're young about sarcasm and how it can just like, uh, and then... <laughs> Yes. What I love about what you said is I don't I don't like when they do it to me. No, I don't. Do it to each other. <laughs> but I, I will. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, if it's true, okay, you got me. Right now, it's my turn. Yeah. So, yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that, of course, is one of my favorite fundamentals: is talking trash. I, I love you know giving a buddy a good razzin, uh, and it seems like you got some pretty good friends that. Oh, find yeah. comfort in doing the same, knowing that it doesn't yeah. have ill intent and it just comes from a good place. So right. uh, stick with me, brother. There's a method of my mass, ma- my madness. All the questions that I'm asking you are really establishing the F in fun or your foundation, right? What yeah. makes you tick and, yeah. and, and where this emotional connection to your art comes from. So the last thing I'll ask you before we really get into uh, your creative side is just in passing, you mentioned, you know, growing up, things were tough. What, yeah. did, what did you mean by that? Uh, no dad. I, I it's one of the that's one of the foundations of why I fought, uh, in a way, to make sure that I was with the kiddo daily. Um, when she started doing homework and she was at her mom's during her mom's time, I asked her mom if I could come over for a half hour and just go over her homework. Now the kiddo wasn't really thrilled about it, sure. but the results were in the grades, and it was about fighting the kiddo a bit to say, look, this has to be done. This is not going to get easier when you get older type of stuff. Right. And then when the grades came out and she had a, an A and I would look at her like, see, that's, that's why we do it. Um, and then her mother would, you know, eventually say, okay, now I see why. But it was just that, you know, with me, I could have probably been a, an A student. I just didn't have anybody sit me down. Cause I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a book learner Mm-mm. and I'm not uh, like, buddy of mine in college. I mean, just photographic memory, boom. I can, I can study for a final for one hour and get an A. Yes. I have to study for three hours for a week to get a high B. Okay. That's the kind of, you know, I know. So I figured out for me three times longer. That's what, that's what my, and, and so three times longer. And then I came up with this little phrase while she was in middle school. I didn't use it in high school, but we want Alice Grace quality. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. And so that kind of made her think, if my dad thinks I have that, then I must have it a little bit. So she kind of pushed herself. And like now, she just started um, JUCO. First day, got her homework. She's in there studying, writing notes for like two hours without me even telling her. And it was, it was awesome. I'm so proud of her. So proud of any kid that does stuff like that, just not being told. But in the past, you know, we had to get the engine rolling. So, um, but yes, yeah, setting, setting that, that sort of, standard with her because I had nobody to do that. Um, it's really cool to see what she can achieve. And it just, it's just, it, it's just awesome to see. Cause I remember we were doing spelling words, you know, when she was in third grade and it was repetition, repetition. Then when she got older, I said, look, the stuff I do with the web stuff and graphic stuff, I didn't pick it up. I had to teach myself and I figured out three times longer, like my mother, Teresa, which is the one that kind of started this whole painting thing three times longer than what I thought the average painter would take to do that work. So in my head, just like when I learned a little bit of code and, and the software, you know, Photoshop, whatever it is, I know that it takes me a long time to figure things out, but I know because the three times longer, I will figure it out. You know, it's just like the sporting, the sports painting. Um, but, but when you figure it out, it's just not by, by myself. I ask questions. I talk to the pros. I do all kinds of little things that I've learned to make my learning faster, but I still know it's going to take me three times long. 
So that's, that's nothing, nothing, nothing ever comes. I mean, like Brad Keller, you had that guy on a, a few podcasts. Dude, yeah. yeah. And you wouldn't think that with him and his talent and his, you know, he's a big dude and you figured yeah. it'd be, but it's, it's similar. It's nothing ever comes easy. Um, but if you put in the work, you know, uh, I know you can achieve, you know, more than you think. For sure. Yeah. Well, the, the thing that you just said uh, that really jumped out at me was in my head, dot, 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 right? Which anybody could, could convince themselves. You know, in my head, it takes me three times longer. In my head, I'm not the, the, the artist that, you know, Picasso was. In my head, I'm not the same speaker as Tony Robbins, whatever it may be, right? Right. So what experience or exposure did you have to other artists to really truly believe that you were taking so much longer than all of the others? Um, I don't know. It's a good question. That is a good, I, I never asked anybody. That's a good question. I just, I think what it was is I took my reading skills. Okay. For me to actually understand something, I have to read it three times. Yes. I'm which, the same way. Seriously? Which, yeah. which in high like, school. If I read a book, I get yeah. to the bottom of the page and I don't remember what was at the top. Yeah. Got to go to the top. Yeah. yeah. So it, I took my reading skills and just, uh, applied it to my art. And I just, and, and it's the same thing with, you know, in Photoshop, they would give you a book and you'd have to walk that through. And then I'd have to do it over again and do it over again until it became easy. It's the same thing with like, um, you know, when you take out a battery or you, you know, back in the day, you change your own oil, you just have to do it over and over and then boom, it becomes second nature. But that's, that's what it was. I just took what I, what I, how I learned when it came to soaking in what I read, what I read to everything else. And it pretty much applies because <laughs> yeah, the painting stuff doesn't take stuff overnight. So right. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, but, but it's different to comparatively, if you think about reading a book, some define as super fun and they're fundamental uh, individuals like you and I that get to the bottom of the page and realize that we didn't really retain anything in the top of the page so that we have to reread it. It's yeah. not necessarily as fun, right? But right. for you, painting is fun. I mean, it's something, it's an escape, although it is a business transaction as well, right? It's, it's, it is fun. It's work. Yes. Uh, it, 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 so I've, I've explained this to people. It's fun when you know you don't have a client. Okay. Right? Okay. We have to deliver on expectations. To deliver. Yes. <laughs> and, and you, exactly. Expectation. They expect this, right? Because you have displayed that. Yes. So you still have to do it. Now, if I'm doing it for fun, then there's no client. So I can right. mess up. I can even quit the project. And through the whole process, there is, uh, there's peaks and valleys. Sure. So like there's peaks on like, okay, I get to do the helmet. It's going to make it shiny. And then there's um, a valley of, okay, now I got to do these creases or I got to do the uniform or in some cases I got to paint the pants, yes. which I'm really not fond of painting pants on uh, <laughs> players, but you know, that's what you got to do. So then there's the, the, you know, then I get to throw paint around and figure out colors in the background. That's a peak. Yes. So there's all these peaks and valleys and then I'm on a deadline. So, you know, you got to make sure you meet the deadline. So it's, it's ups and downs, but overall I, I really love it because seven years ago, uh, let's see, 2000, late 2013 ish before that, Nobody wanted to buy, and, and I really didn't try. That's what it was. Is I, put, I told myself, 100% effort, 100% of the time. Of course, I don't meet that, but that's what I'm telling myself. And when I started doing that, things started to happen. They didn't explode overnight, but they started to happen. And then build on the momentum. Try to build. Same thing with social media. Try to build. Try to build. And that's it. It's just... Just keep trying because um, I'm blue collar. Yeah, I grew up in KCK in the Argentine district, and there were no easy. There were no too. There weren't too many handouts, and you 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 had to earn. I mean, any job I had, I had to show that I had school. You know, um, so I went to school. Right, and it did. There were some people who helped me get the foot in the door, but once the boss or the interviewer, HR, read the resume, they, you know, they saw, you know, high school I went to, they saw KCK Community College, a couple associate's degrees, they saw Rockers College, they saw all of that. So that meant that, okay, 
this kid, he can read. And they didn't know it took three times to read. <laughs> you know, th- this guy is not totally dumb. So let's give him a shot. You know, I got in the door. Right. right? So yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's been a, it's been a, it's, it's been quite a, quite a road. Man. Well, I, I'm looking at your, your, uh, your backdrop here. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got Kilatrav. Uh, so if you're listening to the Fundamism podcast, thank you very much. Uh, if you want to check out the backdrop of AO, go to our YouTube channel, subscribe, Paul J. Long. It's the Paul J. Long uh, YouTube channel. All of our feature fundamentals and every podcast is there as well. Uh, AO currently has some pretty dope um, paintings that he actually uh, created. So first we got Kilatrav. I'm going left to right, my left to right. And Killer Trav is flexing on him, uh, Ric Flair style. Yeah. I would say uh, the uh, the the look is uh, or the emotion is intense, right? Excited. Yeah. Then we got uh, immediately to the right. We got old Patty, Patty Mac, Patty Mahomes, uh, Mahomey. He's Mahomes uh, got the look yeah. uh, the look of determination, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got Eric Hosmer sliding, I believe into uh, home, the infamous slide. Yes. Uh, and then we have, uh, we have Patrick Mahomes hoisting the Super Bowl trophy with the AFC. 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 All right. Yes. Jubilation yes. and joy. Yes. So my point is mm-hmm. the emotion that you've captured in every single one of these pictures mm-hmm. is something that jumps off the canvas, right? I it's hope. something that people look to when they find artwork, it's what does it make me feel? How does it make me feel, right? Yeah. And that is an artist's dream, like finding an emotional connection to the piece. Yes. The one thing we haven't uncovered for you yet is what's your emotional connection to painting? You told me a little bit of backdrop in terms of the graphic design. Uh, you told me a little bit about uh, how you're self-taught uh, and that it was a barista or painting, but like where did where did the idea of painting even come from? Dang it, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't, I don't know uh, exactly. I do know that I I just knew I wanted to do something in art. Yes. Um, And if I was brave enough and had that mentality of going into figuring things out, like I kind of do now, I would have found my way into uh, animation and storytelling uh, at Disney Maybe not Pixar, because Pixar was like a 92, 91, maybe, maybe. But I would have jumped in there before it just sort of tried to find my way in there. Maybe like a Goodwill hunting, be a mop, work, you know, be a janitor <laughs> and go in there and solve really you know, crazy math problems or <laughs> stories, you know, <laughs> finish Toy Story one. You know, I don't know who knows. Um, but um, I don't know. It just came. I just I just needed to f- figure out which one was was the one and then everything else would be second and third. And I, I thought comic book was, cause I had this great idea for a comic book, which did very well. It's just very expensive. And then since the painting came over, took over, um, uh, it's, uh, the painting has been top priority, but I think what it was, was when I first saw this one painter, it, um, he's from the Bronx, uh, the Bronx, but he's out of Santa Barbara right now. He took these images of moments um, basketball players. Uh, I think it was, um, it was Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. And, and it was one of those, they were together going, looking up for a rebound, but it wasn't just the painting of them. They were realistic, but it was the full composition of like rawness, abstractness in the background. Mm. And he made it work together and it just hit me. Boom. Wow, I could just look at this thing, right? And so it, it I just could I wanted to try to paint that way and I couldn't. I couldn't figure it out. And then the internet comes and then I'm allowed to enlarge these images of his and I could see the thickness of the paint and then I have these questions of how he did this and how he, you know, how this all worked and so I applied it to a Chipper Jones and then I applied it to um uh Kane, Lorenzo Kane's first one. And then I did another Royals. And next thing you know, on Facebook, myself and that painter became friends. Yes. That was and my then, next question. Yeah. And then um, he was watching my work and he was liking some things. And I was, I was fangirling. I yeah. mean, once he became my friend, <laughs> I was just fangirling. And, uh, and then 
one day out of the blue, he's, I would make these little postcards that I would hand out at shows. Yeah. And he yeah. said, Hey, I really like that little collection of postcards. Would you send me a set? Fangirling again. Yes. Sent it to Santa Barbara. And then you fast forward about six months. Uh, and I, I had the guts to say, Hey, um, you mind if I give you a call? Uh, and maybe chat with you, pick your brain for about 10, 15 minutes. He said, sure. We set up a time. We talked there for like an hour and 36 minutes. It was crazy. Yes. Right? And the cool thing was what I've learned is, uh, is you just ask the question and let, let the person talk. It's the same thing with interviewing, right? You, you ask the person, ask the question and just let them talk. And man, I had so many questions about his work and this painting and the background and this and that. And he just, he gave me so many cool things and I apply those today um, on what I do and how I do it. Um, and so it's really weird because I really liked that work back in the you know late eighties, early nineties. And then I, I finally talked to the guy and it's kind of like, that's what I was supposed to do in that way for that, for this sports painting stuff. So it's, it, it's him acknowledging the work early on uh, made me think this is, this is how I'm supposed to do it. This is, I'm, I'm on the right path. Don't quit. And I know early on it's going to suck and it's going to, it's going to be tough. Things are going to come at you. Just keep going, keep going. And that's, that's basically what it's been. It's chip away. Even during this last, uh, during May, June, July, with all this stuff going on with the kiddo's mom, I haven't been able to put in the work as much as I want, but I'm chipping away here and there, a couple hours here, an hour there. Uh, and, and, you know, it just keep the momentum, even if it's small, just keep the momentum. And so that's pretty much how it's been with that. But I didn't know it was the painting stuff. I guess it was just, so there was like three or four, just whatever one picks up faster, you know, and just go with it. So, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I've done web work and I've charged web hours, like a web, designer hours um but for some reason the painting just keeps calling and kept calling and so i said okay we're gonna ride this wave we're gonna ride this wave man so i can't help but just hear the passion in your voice and everything that you're talking about yeah and as as a as a fundamentalism podcast listener um i hope that you are getting a sense for the type of guy ao is because I had no idea, man. Like we've crossed paths multiple times and I, I typically see you off in the cut with your artwork, right? Or chilling. Yeah. And we, yeah. we exchanged some cordial uh, introduction in the bathroom sure. one time. And, sure. it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you said, you know, I really admire what you're doing. I said, dude, I freaking admire what you're doing. And, oh, man. and uh, I thought that you were somewhat of an introvert. And here, you know, I hear how pat- passionate you are about everything, whether it's your daughter, your journey, your leadership or podcasts or dude, you, when we were off air before we started, mm-hmm. you talked about uh, being somewhat nervous as you were on Joel Goldberg's uh, podcast. Shout still out! Still there. I'm still Joel. there, brother. I'm still there. Clammy hands. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So, and uh, but then you blew me away because you were like, "It's like it's like that podcast interview that you did with Matt Havens," mm-hmm. and that one was that was that was over a year ago. Oh, and. I, and the fact that you caught up on a, so Matt Havens is a speaker yeah. who's actually coincidentally doing a showcase today up in Iowa and farmers, uh, farmers about, right? Yeah. Didn't he? Yeah. That's right. Uh, uh, State farm, State farm, State farm. Yeah. But yeah, we have that same cause I was farmers and he was state farm. So yeah. anyway, of all the podcasts uh, that we've done that you, that you wrapped up on and found uh, continuity in your story, you choose that one and it's crazy. And so his story was, of course, the fact that he's the speaker that gets up in front of thousands of people, but it's not natural to him. He's not naturally commanding on stage or uh, unloving like that. It's yeah. He defined it as a persona, but it's not. Because when I talk to him, like just like you and I are, that's how he is on stage as well. But he's got to convince himself that it's so much different when he gets on stage. And I will say the same for yes. you. Like What you yeah. and I are doing right now is nothing different than if we were to go to Bobby Baker's and have right. uh, a couple beers, right? Yes. But we yes. worked up in our head to be something uh, 
to, it, Anthony Oropesa says, in my head, this is like this, this crazy phenomenal thing or crazy, yeah. uh, you know, anxious thing that ultimately we could potentially fail. Um, tying all this back together, man, you had mentioned that there was a moment uh, in your journey where you're working your tail off of trying to get this painting stuff up and running in. 2013, you're making these paintings and no one was buying them. You yeah. couldn't even give them away, you said. Right. And uh, and, yeah. and then Chipper Jones made the Hall of Fame and somebody reached back out on the Chipper Jones and then yeah, you told yeah. them the price and they, they, they never hit you back. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing that, that I love that what you said was people, you said people liked your art, but you didn't. Yeah. So... So you're out there and you're doing the damn thing and you're creating pieces that people like, mm-hmm. uh, but you don't like it. You're not in love with it. And right. that's where you know that you've truly found something in yourself, that you're, that you're growth oriented, that you found your passion and you're going to make it work uh, 100% effort, 100% of the time, at least on a Tuesday, uh, maybe on a Thursday, it might be different. It might be. But dude, when you said that, I can relate so much because when I first started speaking, uh, and people have heard me say this before, forgive the overlap if you have, uh, like people would come up to me afterwards and they'd say, oh, I love it. It really resonated or uh, goodness, like that was, I've had this challenging moment and it seemed as though this message that you were saying was speaking to me directly, right? Yeah. And, and, and yeah. These, these comments were so beautiful and magnificent. Yeah. But in my head, Anthony, mm-hmm. if they weren't laughing at my jokes, if, if I didn't create this, this lighthearted sense of, of just uh, subtle humor and and fun, I thought I failed. So uh, people were liking what I was doing, but I wasn't in love with yeah. the with the end product. Right. So when did you when did you come to that uh, magical moment where you're like, "Yep, I, now I love it too." Um, I think it was a combination. It was when the, the number one, the sports artist that I connected on Facebook, when he said he wanted a set of my postcards, that was one. Um, the other one was when I made my first sale over $500. Yes. Yeah. It, it was, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. People on social media and at the art shows, they loved it, but it was the sales. It's, it's weird. It's funny. And it shouldn't be that way. It should be just about how you feel about the work. Uh, but it's, it's when I make those the sales and people are paying me. Um, of course, I've had friends that say, you should have been making this three years ago. Sure. But when I'm making something that I believe is worth my time, because I know as, as, an, as an artist earlier and artist today, they put in 100 hours, they're not going to be paid. The, what they want for those 100 hours. So, yeah. um, but that was, that was it being asked for interviews, being asked for podcasts like yourself. Um, cause I know you guys just don't ask anybody, right? <laughs> because one time is money, you know, and, and when you have family, that's precious. So, you know, you want to make everything count, but I think it was, um, it, w- it was about that when people were like taking it serious. And when I, when I started taking it serious, yeah. um, but I know based off what's out there of what is good and what is pro level. It's similar to my comic book stuff. I was never happy with the comic book stuff until it, you could put it side by side, um, a DC or Marvel one and see the artwork, the layout, the structure, the color, all of that was really close to what is out there. Um, so that's what it is. It's just never, I'm still not satisfied sure. um, of the work and I know that I'm really good at failing, um, with, but the failing is learning. It sucks. <laughs> it's, it's learning. And I, it took me a while to figure that out. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much how, how I see it. Sure. Well, the, the, obviously, when you're paid and people see value in your work, it's different to say, oh, A.O., what a wonderful piece. That, that is a beautiful piece. And yeah. then just out of curiosity, how much does that cost? Right. Uh, $1,500. Yeah. It is just beautiful. I just want to watch it. And then they bolt, right? Sure. And, and it's, and, and sure. dude, I can relate so much to what you're saying because as a speaker, 
Like, yeah. I, you know, I, I'm a single earner. Our family depends on my income, right? And Melissa right. helps me get bookings and, and sure. Melissa helps with the growth of the business. Uh, if we're not getting speaking engagements uh, or selling product, then we're, we're not, we're not living, right? You're not paying and the mortgage. We're right. not paying the mortgage. And so when people will say, oh, I know this great speaker. And we say, well, what's your budget? We're all, oh, well, we're hoping that you do a pro bono, pro bono. What that says to me or, or to you is that, well, you you value what we do, but you don't value it enough to, to, yeah. to put the money down on it, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I, I could totally uh, acknowledge, admire, and relate to what you're saying because obviously we live our lives in similar yeah. uh, in a similar vein. I want to I want to touch on one last topic before we uh, we conclude our time together. Yeah. Uh, you talked about one of your passion projects uh, in the future could potentially be a podcast and that you're really driven to uh, leadership and you're like, it's you, you liken it to a uh, somebody that's good at sports or celebrity or whatever. They really found their niche. I'm going to use you like an artist. You're like, gosh, I admire their work so much. And then you said like leaders, I admire their work so much because I'm not one. Uh, but I was, like, <laughs> I was like, dude, you're a freaking leader. What are you talking about? You're leading the space in our community. So if you were to do a podcast, what would it be about? Uh, it would be about uh, creativity. It would be about creativity and then also leadership uh, because I, I'm a huge, uh, I'm, I'm a fan of, you know, I'm a fan of like uh, uh, Simon. I'm a fan yeah. of Gary Vee yes. uh, and, and keeping things simple, but yet work. I mean, it, it, my podcast would be about creatives, artists, uh, painters, illustrators, web animators, music, um, anything along those lines um, who either have made it or show potential of making it and just getting to know their process, getting to know their story, getting to know where they came from, uh, getting to know how they got to where they got type of stuff, right? Um, and just, and then all that, just like you, it, it's what you do. All of that stuff, when you start bringing stuff out of people, um, it inspires or something. And I think it was, uh, who was that guy? Buddy Hobart. Buddy Hobart. Damn, he did you listen to all of them or what? I'm a I fan. I'm a fan. Time. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fan of podcasts. I mean, I don't listen to a whole bunch. I yeah. listen to Questlove, um, you know, Joe Rogan. Yeah. Uh, and then every now and then I'll listen to, I mean, just interviews in general, yeah. Howard Stern. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it doesn't matter, but there was something he said where like, uh, you mentioned something about somebody can say this. It's like you say, I think it was about your book. Yeah. You felt like you were saying the same thing people were saying. Yeah, right? Sure. And I'm sure somebody could write a book about Simon saying this, Gary Vee saying this, yeah. uh, Tony Robbins, and they're all the same sort of message. Yeah. What he said was, it's just about at that moment where something hits you yeah. and then it sticks, right? And that's that's similar to, I mean, I, I totally get that. Um, and I forgot where I was going with this, but... You were just talking about the 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 in the podcast forum, like that stuff really yes. resonates with you. Yeah. So, so being, being somebody who would be in, uh, who would interview creatives like that for those who listened, that maybe something would click. Maybe, you know, one of my failures of not being brave enough to go out and just roll the dice to go work for Disney or Pixar when I was 19 or 20, somebody might, do that if they listen today. Now, don't get me wrong; it's going to be—it's ten times harder to get into those two. But maybe there's another startup that they could go to in Canada or someplace. But something like that where it could just spark and say, "Wow, that person did it." They had a single parent raising, you know, or they were a foster child or something. But there was something in them that said, "Let's give it a shot," and they did it. And that story said it wasn't easy. But yet they got to where they, you know, where they are, where they're at and boom. Awesome. Right. I can do that. Yeah. I can roll the dice and give it a shot because eventually I'm going to have to tell my kiddo, you know, go out there, fly. Yeah. Give it a shot. I didn't. But see, the cool thing about me now is I could say, look, I gave this art thing one last shot and it kind of worked and I don't know how long it's going to work, but it worked for X, X number of years. But I was not going to take that shot, but I knew I wouldn't, when I'm 60 or 70, 
that I would regret that one moment where I made that decision to go barista. Don't get me wrong. I love coffee. Uh, and I would have loved working at Starbucks because I loved at that time, Howard Schultz, who was the leader yeah. of Starbucks. But if I wouldn't have given that shot and rolled the dice on me and, and me trying to figure things out, then I would have kind of kicked myself for so long, you know, in my sixties and seventies, if, you know, if I get there. So, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that was from a Ted talk. There was a guy who, who I forgot how long ago it was, who said something where, how would you like it if your kiddo came to you and said, dad, you want me to take my shot, but you didn't take yours. Mm. So I cannot have, I cannot have that happen. Yeah. Great. Same thing with like me, not smoking, not drinking. I don't ever want my kid to have that chip where she could say, but dad, you do. Yeah. Okay. Now to this day, I don't. So she can't. So you know what I mean? I learned it from watching you, dad. Yeah. That's uh, it. Dude, I love it. So you said, I don't know how long it'll work. Either Answer, way, ride the wave. As, it'll work as long as you manifest it, my friend. You're right. You're right. But I'm just going to ride the wave. It's kind of like there's a Pearl Jam song about, about oh, there's a lot of Pearl Jam songs about oceans and beaches, but it's just riding the wave. So, um, but yeah, you're right. As long as you can control that board. In that wave, you can you can ride it for a long time. Mm. All right, man. Rapid fire. We're gonna wrap this thing up. Uh, I got a million more questions, but uh, uh, out of respect to your time and the Fundamism Podcast listener, mm-hmm. uh, the people want to know what's your favorite piece that you've ever worked on. Uh, ooh, every oh, uh, favorite piece, Mother Teresa. Okay, it was the learning one. Um, people think. It, 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 it has to be Mother Teresa. I mean, it, it goes back and forth. The, the other one was the, um, the one that got me in the New York Times, just, by, just by dumb luck. Yeah. Um, I was probably the only artist at, at that time, preseason, first game, starting to paint Mahomes yeah. before Mahomes became Mahomes, right? Yeah. And so the New York Times saw it on Twitter, which was a fluke. Uh, I posted it on Twitter in the morning, which I never post very much in the morning. And then New York Times guy saw it, boom, gives me a call. And the next week, Tuesday, he was at, he was in the studio. And a week or so later, it's in the freaking New York Times. So, yeah. It's not yeah. a fluke, bro. That's that energy life, son. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to believe that. I'm starting <laughs> to believe that. What a, maybe this is the perfect segue because that was it. Who knows? But what's the craziest situation you found yourself in as a result of your painting um or most memorable moment or it's all the interviews okay it's all the interviews i mean i had dreams of like i want to charge this much nor i didn't know how much how long it would take to make these paintings but it was i I had that but i never thought that people would interview me as many times as they have or ask me to be on it's always in the back of my head i would love that but i never thought that people would see and that's another positive reinforcement sort of deal is that when news stations or newspapers or podcasts say, Hey, I want you on my show. That means, wow, I really got something going on here. I mean, that's just, a, it just reinforces that. But uh, yeah, I never, and then being asked to do uh, live paintings for, for charity. Um, that was never a thought. I did it one time for my kids school and I sweating. I was sweating the whole time. Then they took me on stage, more sweat. And then they put that thing up in the air, more sweat. Then they wanted me to get on the mic. It was, and, and so it was, but it raised a lot of money. And then next thing you know, the network of, you know, Catholic moms, just next thing you know, I had five, seven, 10 gigs. And then COVID hit. And then in April, everything, you know, but now I do live paintings in the studio. I videotape it. And, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's just been, it's, it's weird. It's been really weird um, being asked to do certain things for certain organizations because they love the work. And so uh, it's, it's been a, a, it's been a crazy ride, a crazy wave. So who knows what's next? I don't really know what's next. Um, I just know that if I chip away, um, good things will happen. But also I know that while I'm doing it, some bad things will happen. So be ready for that stuff. So just like, I mean, just like anybody, just like life. I didn't know that they had charity events long enough for you to actually do a live painting. Did you tell them it's going to have to be three times the normal length of their charity? (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, I tell them they get like three hours of a painting. 
Okay. <laughs> Seriously, they get three hours. I will start at six and they put me at the end, like the, the last or second last. And they get, they, they get, they don't get an actual, like what you see back here. Right. But, and you've seen it at the, uh, yeah. at, at the Noah's Bandage yeah. golf tournament. That's yeah. what they get. And they love it. And I'm really glad that they do because there's no way I could donate an original painting while doing original paintings for yeah. others. So, for but sure. yeah, but it, it, I'm really glad and honored when people asked, asked to do it. Mm. Um, so it's, it, I mean, it just blows my mind because the last thing I thought people would want four or five years ago would me to show up and do a painting, you know, at their event, you know, it's, it's, well, it's, it's just, you're kind of a big I'm deal, bro. Like, and so that's the perfect, the perfect segue to the second to last question being somewhat of a big deal. Uh, I mean, <laughs> oh, you send me, uh, you send me a print uh, of a wonderful painting. It's the, it's the AFC Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And uh, because you told me my 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 backdrop was dull, thank you for that. Well, <laughs> dude, I'm I'm in, I'm, you're right. I know, but I'm in, I'm into marketing. I'm into marketing and branding. You need some stuff back there. Yeah, true. yeah. I'm sorry, but I digress. I'm just messing around. Uh, you've actually some of your clients. You have some pretty big name folks that you've painted for. I know that you've supplied a painting to Hosmer himself, right? Uh, actually, like three of. Wow. Yordano, Yordano. Yeah. Um, he purchased one for him, and then he purchased uh, one for Yordano's mom, and then I sent him one uh, back for free because I was like, no, I wanted to send. I didn't know he was doing it for Yordano's mom, but I sent it to him. I said, look, this one I wanted to go to his mom, but you keep it anyway because I didn't want you to pay for Yordano's mom. So yeah, yeah, Pujols also, uh, the Pujols family for his 600th home run. Then I was able to work on the uh, strikeout for slavery logo with um, Deidre there, um, which was really cool to see that on the uh, on the Royals uh, 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 the video. I call it the jumbotron, but yeah, yeah to see it up there. Forever, um, you know. So Duffy has a print or two in his place. Um, the thing, the the funny thing about this all is that I have never met any of the pros. Really, never. None of them. None wow. Of them. I've talked to, or I've just messaged, basically messaged. Uh, Gerard Dyson has the original uh, Yordano Twitter. Uh, Hosmer was Twitter. Uh, Pujols was through his wife. And then Duffy's prints were given to uh, his wife. So really, um, I have a Mahomes print that's signed, and that was through his mom. So yeah, it's it's really weird. But you know what? I'm okay with that. Yeah. And now if I was 20 or 30, I'd be like, you know, I got to get into that mix. But sure. now I'm an older dude. I just want to do the work. Everybody's, they're just all people, man. And they just yeah. treat it as such. But that's something that obviously I think we'll have to remedy. Maybe we'll get a, a Brad Keller or a Duffy sighting at a future MVP uh, event. And uh, those dude dudes are absolutely tremendous like yourself. If people want to learn more about you or your art, Anthony, where they go? AOArt5.com. Okay. AOArt5.com. What's the significance of the five? George Brett fan. Hell yeah. Uh, Big George Brett fan. And when I was a kid, that was my number playing third base. And then when I grew up, um, I played uh, men's fast pitch softball because I can't afford, I couldn't afford playing hardball. Um, And, uh, you know, a lot of my family and friends played. So, and then every team I would go to, I was like, can I be number five? Can I be number five? And then once I had to pay for my number, uh, to get number five on my ball team with a pitcher of beer. So yeah, I, I will fight for number five if I can. So yeah. And that's probably one of the reasons why I wanted five kids. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, the number five is, is a, I won't move into a house or I'll be, I'll be hesitant to move in a house if it doesn't have the number five in the address. It's weird. I'm, I'm a little weird. And now that people are going to know this about me, this, yeah. this is going to be embarrassing sometimes. But, Your mom uh, passed you down a little crazy. Uh, yes. Thank God. It's just a little, it's just a little, my siblings might debate you on that, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, brother, I admire you so damn much. I'm, uh, excited for the opportunity to chat with you today. Uh, I learned so much more about you, which means that we're going to have even more stimulating conversation the next yes. time our paths cross. Yes. Um, aoart5.com. Uh, this guy is making waves. He's doing big things in the community. He's just a tremendous creative. 
And just to kind of wrap up again, to reiterate the whole reason why I wanted you on here, man, is everything that you just mentioned. The reason why I asked you about your, your uh, desired future podcast uh, mm-hmm. topic mm-hmm. is because everything that you mentioned, whether it's music or art or, or, or laughter and comedy or uh, sitcoms or whatever, all that stuff. Uh, can be defined as a fundamental or something that makes yeah. somebody smile and gets them out of their head. And so you've effectively done that for me and many of the Fundamism podcast listeners today. So for you, we thank you, my friend. Thank you, brother. I've, it's, it's been an honor and I love your work. So don't stop. And hopefully I can experience uh, you on stage yes. one time. So yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it's a bus it. With no breaks, man. We're going to get that momentum back. Uh, our career trajectories have been... Uh, significantly impacted. We're just going to pick up where we left off, brother. That's what we do. That's what the gamers do. Right on. To the Fundamism Podcast listener, we greatly appreciate your support. We couldn't be whatever the hell we are without you. So if you're looking to smile more in your day and add joy, fun, fulfillment, continue to follow us. Uh, Subscribe to the YouTube channel, Paul J. Long. Uh, ultimately, you know the deal at Fundamism Paul. We're putting out the monthly uh, or the daily morning jams. We're just having a good time. So go out, have some fun today, create some fun in the lives of others until we catch you on the flip side. Deuces!